Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult Series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Mary is the mother of David, a 15-year-old who is present for a sports physical today, and Cameron, a 10-year-old who's not present. Mary pulls you aside as the medical assistant tests David's vision. He won't talk to me about anything. He hates when I walk in a room. I'm worried he's starting to drink with his friends, but if I say anything, he shuts me down. How can we help Mary and David today during the course of the visit? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Director, Nurse Practitioner Specialties at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. How are you doing, Jill? Doing great, Frank. Did you have adolescence in your home? Absolutely. Ah. I I had PTSD when you started talking about it. (laughs) So, Frank, tell me, why, why is this so hard? Why do adolescents tune out their parents? Well, um... There's a whole host of uh, psychological um, hurdles that adolescents have to go through to become functioning adults. And some of it's they're cognizant of, but most of it is subconscious. And so psychology tells us that the adolescent time is where, where that person begins to search and develop independence. They want to become independent thinkers. It's a developmental change in their brain. And doing it successfully helps them become analytical adults. So adolescents are starting to try this independence thing out. And so they'll tend to argue with you about everything. The, the sun rises in the west, their room is clean, and it's none of their business about how they do anything. Adolescents view adults as incredibly out of touch. They don't know how to talk or dress. They don't know how to use their phone or other technology. They're embarrassed by us. So um, psychologists say this is just appropriate reaction to the development of the prefrontal cortex. The brain needs to learn to take in new information, analyze it, and then make a judgment about it. And teens are exercising that skill. So the appropriate response to an adolescent arguing with you is not to get angry or upset, but to recognize that this is important for them to grow up. And you should engage them, but not necessarily take it too personally. That is really hard. So I think it's great that Mary is asking you and has expressed this. So is there anything that's going to help? What does the research help us with? Well, to go back to your last statement, all of us who've raised an adolescent have gone through this, and it's not easy to sit quietly aside. So um, this was a very interesting paper where they looked at how to increase parent and adolescent communications. And they recognize that that communication is very challenged. But let's talk about the most challenging concerns, those, those health issues that can really alter that, that adolescent's life, alcohol and sexuality. So what they did was they took a randomized adolescents who came in for well child checks into three groups. One, where there was counseling about, about uh, substance use, in particular alcohol. The other was about uh, initiating and continuing with sexual activity. And the third was control. 
And while the child was being roomed, the parent was pulled aside and they were counseled on how to initiate conversations around their group's specific interest. And, uh, and they were trained by college-educated folks who had special training in how to counsel patients. They were given um, handouts that said, here are key questions that you can ask your adolescent about your topic. So for example, the, the alcohol group were given um, specific questions to ask about, um, uh, about uh, alcohol use with your adolescent, what some of the barriers were to having that communication, and statements that the parent should say at the end of that discussion. Even if the child disagrees with you, they should make declarative statements. So example, for the alcohol, they said, I, as your parent, want you to wait till you're older for you to start drinking. But if you're going to drink, you need to minimize your risk. You should not get in the car or drive if you've been under the influence or the driver's under the influence, and that you can always call me or call Uber or whatever, no questions asked. I want you to come home safely more than anything. And so they developed these modules for both, like I said, sexuality and alcohol. They trained the parents and said, I want you to have this discussion the next two weeks, and we're going to follow you up down the road to see how you did. That is interesting. So was the follow-up more of like a questionnaire that was sent to the home to find out what happened? Yep, they, they, they followed up um, with the parents and they said, you know, how successful were you initiating these conversations? And there were, there were 38 dyads, 38 parent-teen groups. And, and they found that um, overall, both the sex education and the alcohol education led to an increased number of discussions about these subjects with the adolescent. Now, did it lead to less pregnancies, less STIs, less DUIs? They weren't able to follow it that long, but they were able to increase the communication. And likewise, they were increase the declarative statement by the patient. Um, most behavioral therapy says adolescents will try to rebel against you as a normal part of growth, but they'll always hear your voice. And so as they're doing something wrong, if they've heard you say, don't do that, they're at least making the decision and may have some regret or that, that voice itself may be enough to prevent them from making a bad decision. Very interesting because you just think about how we, you initially said they tune you out and that you make the declarative statement it's non-judgmental. It's, you know, it's something that you want to impart knowledge on your kids to keep them safe and you give them a reason why and you've, you've basically done a great job because some parents don't even know how to take that initial step. Well, and, and their, um, their, their final recommendations were uh, just broad observations and thoughts about how to engage your adolescents. So the first thing they said is try to do something with them that they want to do, not necessarily what you want to do, but watch a TV show or watch something. And instead of saying, how is school today? Ask them for advice or ask them questions about something that they're knowledgeable about. So can you maybe tell me about vaping at school or can you tell me about how the football game was or anything that they're knowledgeable about so that they're initially engaged. Um, no matter what they say, try to reinforce anything positive that they say. So if they say, oh, you know, a whole group of kids were going out to go drinking and I just thought I ought to come home, you know, Thank you so much. I think that was such an adult decision. I'm so proud of you for saying that. Um, recognize that parents can only control what they can, 
and that debating with your adolescent is probably counterproductive. So make those declarative statements. When they do something that you don't approve of or they don't do something that you ask them to do, state that as a factual way, not in a guilt way, but say, gee, I asked you not to do that. Um, I, I wish you hadn't. Or um, I'm, I'm upset that what I asked you to do, you, you couldn't do. So now I had to do it or your brother or your sister had to do it. Um, try to be very declarative and, and not too judgmental. Finally, they said, say the rules. Say it briefly and clearly and that they're not up for debate. You're not to be taking alcohol from this house. You're not to be uh, having sex. Um, if there are things that you need to come, uh, that you need to discuss, I want to be the first to know. Or if you don't want to tell me, I'll take you into your health care provider and you can share that information with them in a confidential manner. Um, and and it, it's really good practical advice. Um, one thing I do recommend is that um, there are a number of very good resources available for parent-adolescent communication. And I, I like to point them out. My, my favorite one is a book entitled Get Out of My Life by Anthony Wolf. It talks all about how to respond to the adolescent as they hate you but need you. And then the, another one by Josh Shipp is called A Grown-Up's Guide to Teenage Humans. Both of these are short easy to read, um, full of great practical advice. Um, and I, I kind of think as healthcare providers, we should read them as much as, as parents should uh, because they really help you have effective communication skills with this population. I think that's, gr that's great, Frank, and you gave some good resources. And I think it's such, you know, it's such a journey with your children, right? It, and this can go on for a length of time. And somebody who had children over, older than mine once said, they will come back and love you again. You just have to hang in there. So, but keeping that connection, the declarative statements, and I think these are the rules. And, you know, and it's very clear. That yeah. is great. So what are you going to, what are we going to tell Mary today? Well, I think we're going to ask her to, to uh, follow some of the rules I just outlined. Um, state the rules. Uh, be declarative in what you're going to do. Try not to argue. And recognize that maybe if, if uh, he's arguing with you, that's a normal developmental process. It's a good thing. And um, find a way, find a place, find a space to connect. Great. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Jill. Practice pointer. Adolescence is a time uh, for the child to develop independent thinking, and arguing is a normal component of that. Find a time to connect with them about things they're expert in and state the rules clearly. Join us next time when we discuss uh, possibly a new guideline on how to screen for colorectal cancer. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com podcast, and see you next week.